Hello everyone. I'm sitting here today to talk a bit about uh, weight training, more specifically weight training guided towards Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I get uh, often asked about uh, tips on how to incorporate weight training uh, together with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, as people seem to be constantly looking for some kind of extra training that can give you uh, an edge on the mat. I've spent a few years studying this, learning, uh, trying uh, on my own and putting into practice this information. And uh, for the last two or three weeks, I've been um, gathering my thoughts here, writing things down and preparing this, uh, or you can say a podcast format uh, for you guys. I put a lot of effort into this. Uh, I try to keep things easy to understand while still explaining uh, important things. So I hope people make a good use of it. This was a lot of work. I hope that you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, please follow Personal Jiu-Jitsu on Facebook for more content like this. I'm going to be uh, posting a few different podcasts about uh, weight training in the next uh, few weeks. So uh, Personal Jiu-Jitsu on Facebook if you, if you want to uh, listen to that. There's a lot written about uh, weight training. There's a sea of information right there. And I think that one of the biggest problems people have is sifting through the information and be able to apply to actual training. Every trainer has a different approach. There are many ways to achieve the same thing or approximate uh, the same thing. Uh, but there's plenty of things to take into account, especially when you're going to set up a training uh, guided, a weight training guided towards sport or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in this case. A lot of the information that's out there is going to be on weightlifting only. So people, uh, a lot of bodybuilding uh, tips, a lot of powerlifting. But uh, it's just, it's different when you're training for a sport. It's just a different animal. You have to take different things into account. Um, no one thing, done properly, most training programs will yield results. Some more some less there's no perfect training program and uh, there's a there's a lot of different ways to do this a very simple maybe not optimal program done properly will yield good results just as the perfect training program when it's performed incorrectly or not performed at all is not going to have any effect or even worse it can have negative effects you can get injured or uh, things like that. Dosage is key. Not too little, not too much, optimal. I'm not going to go into extreme detail about everything. The goal of this uh, podcast is to get people to understand the concepts and apply to actual training. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to give a good overview on how to approach weight training combined with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, hopefully, it'll be simple enough for people to understand. But feel free to ask any questions, leave comments, and I'm going to try to answer them. This is a part one of at least uh, three podcasts. And uh, I'm going to later on have Chris Peck, which is our strength and conditioning coach, to uh, brainstorm a little bit with me, give his opinion on the subject. He's very knowledgeable, um, very good trainer, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. The subject is complicated. Actually, you can make it as complicated or as, as simple as you, um, as you want. But there are certain rules of thumb that you can apply. They're easy to learn and they will yield great results if you apply them correctly. You don't have to learn everything about the subject here. 
you don't have to learn everything about physiology or anatomy. It's very possible to set up a simple training program that will give you great results. It does not have to be complicated. Actually, um, it's a better idea that it's simple, easy to follow, but it has to be controlled. You have to be able to measure and uh, you do not have to spend a ton of extra hours in the gym to get some good results. I would, I would also like to say that everything I'm going to say today is my own experience, my own opinion, but these are informed opinions. I have a degree in uh, physical education. I also uh, am a, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, been training for a long time. I, uh, I work as a trainer full-time and I've been helping people for quite some time now. So this is, I'm not just pulling these things out of, just out of the internet or out of, out of thin air. Uh, this is based on anatomy, physiology, uh, research, and uh, actual science. I'm also speaking for myself here. I'm not a representative of uh, of my club or a representative of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so I'm, I'm speaking for myself. There's there's not a lot of information out there for strength training for Jiu-Jitsu, but there's a lot of good trainers that are strength trainers for sports. And I can name, for example, uh, Charles Poliquin. As a reference, he's a great, uh, great, unfortunately he passed away a few months back, but the guy is just a legend in, in uh, strength training and conditioning training for, uh, for sports. So here we go. We can start now. Here are some thoughts on uh, training, weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or for sports in general. The first thing that I would like to talk about is why you should or why you shouldn't uh, go and train weights uh, when you're training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They might sound a little bit um, uh, contradicting, you know, that I'm gonna give you reasons for you to train or not to train, but but um, this is on a tight frame and I, I just would like to give both of the sides of the equation here. On one side, more training and heavier training, it's not always better. You can, if you can make you can get injured, you can make injuries worse, you can also, um, you can train too much, let's put it that way. But at the same time, the idea that weight training will make you slower and stiff, and that only technique matters, and this and that, is that's old thought, you know. Uh, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can train a lot of jiu-jitsu and train weights on the side, and you're going to see your uh, performance improving. Uh, we see in sports where there's a lot of money for research, they put a huge emphasis on uh, weight training, American football, basketball, uh, you know, regular football, soccer, they, they, all of those guys, they're, they, are, uh, they are training a lot of weights outside of just playing their sport. But it's important that you find the right dosage. So again, too much or too little is not the way to go, optimal, and you find that through... Um, through experience, you find that through measuring, and you find that uh, through uh, thinking about these uh, physical, you know, anatomy and physiology aspects, science research, so on and so forth. If the training gives results and it makes you better, that's a training that works. If it decreases your performance, it makes you worse, then it's a type of training that doesn't work. So uh, the end goal and the result is gonna determine what kind of training you should be doing. And based on experience and based on physiology and anatomy, there is a lot of information out there proven uh, to help you and to, to work. 
so here we go. Why you should train weights along with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Weight training is a control and systematic, easy to measure way of training. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is kind of chaotic. It's hard to measure everything. Uh, it's actually impossible to, to, to measure everything in my estimation. And when you're training weights, then uh, things are easy to measure. The amount of repetitions, uh, the time that you're going to rest, um, how much weight there's on the bar, things like that. You can keep those a constant and you see what kind of effect they have. You can test and retest. And this is a very valuable, um, very valuable way to train. Uh, number two here is that on why you should train. You can do a lot of repetitions of the exact same pattern. So you get your body and your nervous system really used to doing that sort of lifting, you know, squats or deadlifts or things like that. You're just going to repeat them over and over and over again. And your body just gets, just adapts to it. It's easier to target muscle groups. So if you have certain imbalances or you're trying to improve uh, in specific muscle groups with jujitsu training, it's going to be a little bit hard. You can't really choose so much uh, during sparring, for example, what are you, what you are using. Um, when with weight training, that's going to be a lot easier, right? You can, you can isolate certain muscle groups to an extent. Another reason to train uh, weight training on the side of jujitsu is that it's something to do to improve your jujitsu, especially when you cannot make it to, uh, to train training. So it's going to give you, it's going to stress the body in a different way. And, uh, it's a little bit more control. So that's really valid too. I would not trade a day of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for weights though. So um, there's one thing that all these experts agree is that when you train in for sport, most of the training has to be very specific for sport. Um, and I said most of the training, not all of the training. Um, so technique is, is key if you want to be good at any sport. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a super technical uh, sport. So we have to spend a lot of time on the mat. Another reason here to train, most of these guys, they're, they're really, really good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the competitors, the world champions, they all train weights on the side, especially closer to competition. There are very few exceptions. Uh, we can talk about Marcelo Garcia, which is a guy that came out saying that he doesn't train weights, but he's more the exception than the, than the rule right there. Also, it doesn't mean that because he's not lifting actual weights that he's not training strength, you know. You can get plenty strong on the mat, especially if you train specific and you train um, methodical. And a guy like him, one of the best ever, I'm going to say that he has some great, great methods to get really strong uh, on the mats and not have to lift so many weights. Also, there's a little misconception here. Sometimes when guys say that they don't train weights at all, they mean that they are not doing bench press and stuff like that. And if you really dig, they're going to say like, oh, yeah, I'll do pull-ups or I'll do, uh, you know, body weight squats or push-ups. But that, that's not weight training. Well, it's resistance. It's a type of weight training. Even if you're not uh, using some sort of bar with weights on it, it's still going to be weight training. Um, it's old school mentality to say that training weights makes you worse or slow, things like that. Um, any type of training can have its... Uh, bad sides and good sides but if you train properly uh, you're gonna do well and weight training is a great way to improve now I would like to say why you should not train uh, train weights for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and again I am not saying that you shouldn't train weights at all um, I'm saying 
there, there are plenty of aspects to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Strength is one of them. And there's many ways to train for strength. So um, I think that training with weights is a very valid way to increase your explosion, to increase your strength. But there's also different aspects of Jiu-Jitsu that have to be taken into account. Uh, you can swim, you can do yoga, you can do breathing, you can do meditation. All of those things are going to help supplement uh, and make your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu better. But if you want to do some weight training, certain things need to be in place. So here are some thoughts on when you should not train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, or should not train weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a complicated sport, so you have to put a lot of time on the mat to learn about all of the aspects. There's technique, there's timing, positioning, pace, knowledge of the rules. Uh, this is all very important, and those things need to be in place before you think about adding uh, or spending time doing uh, weightlifting. This is non-negotiable. Every good uh, coach for sports, weight training coach for sports, agrees that most of the time you have to be doing the sport and it has to be, the goal has to be the sport. So it doesn't matter if you can bench press 400 kilos. If when you go on the mat, you cannot push the guy away, then, that, then that's pointless. Uh, lifting weights will make you stronger and explosive, but that's only one aspect. You know, I can give the example, running speed is very important in football or soccer. But you can put uh, Usain Bolt on the field, and he's not be, not going to be a good soccer player. He can run really, really fast, but he lacks everything else. There's so many aspects to football. Uh, he's not only running. Now there's a ball, there's other players. So football guys are going to be able to outrun him just because the type of running in soccer is different. There's a lot of lateral movement, change in direction. Uh, there's ball control. So in straight sprinting, nobody's going to be able to, be, to beat Usain Bolt. But if he has to also uh, think about everything else in football, uh, he's going to be, uh, it's, it's just a different animal. Okay. Um, third reason here, you can get stronger on the mats as well. So you don't have to lift weights to get strong especially if you're systematic about it. I talked a little bit about that already with Marcelo Garcia. There's ways to really improve your strength uh, while not touching a barbell. When two people have the exact same uh, technique, exact same speed, the, the stronger person does have an advantage, but it, it's hard to measure things like that. How do you measure technique? How do you measure all the, these other factors? And how do you know that you're exactly as technical or as as fast or as has the same reaction have the same reaction as the other guy? But all things being equal, the stronger athlete is gonna win. In my opinion, technique will multiply performance and strength will add to it. So if you look at the the formula for leverage, right? Imagine there's a seesaw, the the fulcrum is right in the middle. So the point is right in the middle. So it's balanced. And on one side, you have 30 kilos pushing down. And on the other side, you have 30 kilos pushing down as well. So that thing is going to be balanced, right? If you add a little bit of weight to one side, then uh, the side that has, has more weight is going to start going down. Perfect. Okay. Now let's go back. The seesaw, you still have 30 kilos on each side. And you move the seesaw a little bit to the side, like over the um, over the fulcrum point the side that has less actual weight could pull up the side that has more weight depending on the on the point there so that's the formula is force times length 
equals weight times length. So um, you can change, you can make a little bit of force be a lot more effective using the proper leverage, using the proper technique. So I think it's a very good idea to to pay attention to the right technique. And there's also all these other uh, aspects of jujitsu like timing, um, etc. I talked about that already. Um, sometimes it's a matter of what you're willing to trade for strength. So if your time is limited and also your ability to recover is limited, sometimes you can't do everything. You can't be super strong. You can't be super fast. You cannot be super technical. So you kind of have to pick. You don't have to pick one or the other, but you can, you're going to focus more on one than on the other, right? So if you're going to focus 100% on strength, I'm doubt, doubtful how much that is going to help uh, your jiu-jitsu. It's good to be strong. There's other things that need to be in place as well. So if you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu two times a week and you're doing weight training two times a week, to me, that's a good way to be bad at both. Uh, you're gonna be 50% okay at jiu-jitsu, 50% okay at weight training, and uh, that's not that's not enough. Um, less reason here why you shouldn't train Brazilian or you shouldn't train weight for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You can overload yourself. Rest is very important. So if you train really re a really hard training session uh, and you're all sore and you're all hurt, uh, you cannot be on the mat. Then I don't think that that's worth it. That being said, though, training too little is way more common than training too much. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. Now we can go a little bit forward. I like to talk about the rules of thumb uh, when setting up a program to train weights guided towards Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. The first one here is that you have to train for sport and not bodybuilding. Uh, the bodybuilding mentality works well for bodybuilding, not for sport. So... People feel by reading these internet forums and reading bodybuilding magazines and things like that, that they need to work every single muscle um, two or three times a week. You have to train five to six, time, six times a week to get strong. And then you have to do either do that or do nothing at all. There's no middle point. Think like this. When you, when you regularly train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, let's say three, four, five times a week, and you add one day... A week of weight training you're not just training one day a week of weights you're just you adding that to a week so you have to think of the total um the total load in your week or in your training uh training regimen so adding one day a week of weights to already four or five days a week of jujitsu you're gonna see some improvement there uh that being said i don't think only training once a week is gonna be optimal uh, but it will give you results and it's better than not training weights at all or training one day less in most cases. But weight training for sports is a different animal. It's not the bodybuilding training, okay? It's not the thing that you learn in uh, bro science channels on YouTube or bodybuilding magazines. There's a different approach, different rep schemes. You're going to be focusing on other things. Um, bodybuilding training gets you strong, it's better than nothing, but it's not optimal, uh, especially for sports, especially for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So get away of the bodybuilding mentality. The goal of bodybuilding is to build muscle, aesthetics, symmetry. Those are the end goals for, for, uh, for bodybuilding. There's a bodybuilder look, and this is the end goal for them. 
to be fair, those guys, they do get strong, but that's more of a side effect of the training than anything else. Their goal is to have big muscles, just to look big. And that type of muscle, that type of muscle fiber is just wrong for sport. You're going to put on a lot of weight. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a weight, uh, weight class sport. And the ratio of weight to strength uh, is just not optimal with bodybuilding muscle. It's a different type of muscle fiber. Uh, relative strength is what you're looking for in Jiu-Jitsu. So you want to be a very strong for your weight class. And also in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the the end goal is performance, is performing on the mat, is being good at jiu-jitsu, staying healthy, not getting hurt, performing in tournaments, things like that. Lots of guys that are extremely strong in sport, they do not look the part. Maybe they can't even squat or bench that heavy, but they're extremely strong when it comes to their sport. They overpower everyone and they're healthy. So you look at a guy like Khabib, for example. He looks in shape, but he, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder. Uh, but he's a monster. He's so strong for his weight class. He's very explosive. His static strength is amazing. He holds people down. He takes them down. And that does the trick for him, you know. Uh, again, he doesn't look super big. He looks in shape. But he looks or he is much, much stronger than he looks. Even though he looks in shape, he's much stronger than he looks. Also, he doesn't get tired. So that's something for you over there. Guys, they're very heavily muscled. They have a tendency to just gas out after a few minutes. That has to do again with the type of training that they do and uh, the type of muscle fiber that they have uh, in their body or mostly in their muscles. Also, another thing you have to take into consideration when we talk about uh, bodybuilding is uh, steroids. I mean, uh, any guy that is a professional bodybuilder is going to be on massive amount of steroids. These are all hidden numbers, right? They, people don't talk too much about it. Uh, there's a taboo, uh, but you cannot be a, a pro bodybuilder unless you've been doing massive amount of steroids for a very, very long time. And that basically makes you superhuman, you can say. There's plenty of problems, plenty of side effects with doing steroids. I do not condone it at all. I know it's it's uh, there's people in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community as well, especially the highest level that they're on them. I don't want to accuse anybody on anything, but it's you have to think that some people uh, out there uh, you know, people have been caught and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of problems that come with that as well. And um, I'll stay away from it. Um, these famous bodybuilder training programs are insane. And if you if a person that's not on steroids is going to try to to follow them, they're going to have serious consequences as well. You know, these guys recover much faster and tolerate a lot more because of the amount of drugs they're in. The science is unclear, though. Because um, because it's a taboo subject, so you cannot do a lot of research on it. Uh, but, you know, there are performance-enhancing drugs. They enhance performance, and people take them for a reason. So stay away from that shit. Okay, let's talk a little bit about physiology. One of the principles of strength training is uh, stimulus, adaptation, and response. And that's going to lead to progression. The right stimulus... To progress, so stimulus will be basically putting your body under stress, right? Um, lifting heavy weights that are not so comfortable to lift. Let's put it away. Get out of the comfort zone. We're talking about optimal, optimal uh, stimulus. No more, no less. If you do, if you do too much more than optimal, you're risking uh, having negative effects like hurting yourself. If you're doing less, 
you're risking not getting any progression. So try to find the optimal one that, that you find through testing and training often. When the body's uh, under stress and outside of the normal, it has to adapt, okay? If you go to the gym and you lift 20 kilos for the rest of your life, every day you do the same routine, 20 kilos, same weight, same routine, you're not gonna have any change. Your body's gonna adapt to an extent and then just stop. It doesn't have to grow anymore. So you have to be increasing systematically the, the stimulus. There's a few different ways to do that. You can increase the weight, you can increase the repetitions, you can increase the amount of sets, how fast you lift, things like that. We're gonna talk a little bit about that further uh, further in this podcast. The second aspect is adaptation. So this is recovery. After you put your body under stress, you're gonna have to eat well, get enough protein, get the right nutrients, uh, not only protein, but you have to have a good diet and you're gonna have to rest, sleep well, and uh, sleep enough so that's that's really key and then after you've done that you're gonna get a response your body adapts just one of those things is not is not enough just breaking the body down just training uh, training weights or just resting is not gonna make you grow it's both so um, rest is hugely neglected but it's super important if you're trying to get some results Another point in physiology here, there's no magical approach. If you're searching for the one thing that's going to change your life forever, I think you can just stop looking. There, There's many ways to do this. And just like in Jiu-Jitsu, there isn't just a magical guard or a magical submission that you're going to catch everyone with. Uh, you're going to have to have a well-rounded game and you have to have a lot of knowledge in a lot of aspects. This is a journey. Consistency is key and knowledge is key here. That being said, there are certain things there are uh, game changers and especially learning about the concepts anatomy physiology and putting enough effort into the uh, enough effort and enough time into your training so if you're looking for a shortcut then know that the long road is the shortcut the the shortcut is to train hard train often and uh, train for a long time and you're gonna get there Every year, there's a new fad in um, in weight training, the weight training world. Uh, P90X, uh, the Suzanne Summers Thigh Master. Uh, you see guys doing uh, one-legged squats on top of a kettlebell on Instagram. I mean, some of this stuff is even it's so dumb because you can get really hurt by doing it. You know, unless you're trying to join Cirque du Soleil, uh, in which case I think that you should uh, look for. Uh, for qualified people to help you with that and forget jiu-jitsu maybe. Get a good trainer. It will solve most of your problems. So to make an analogy here, if you have problems with your car, you can take two routes. You can go on YouTube and you can buy books on how to fix your car and try to fix it yourself. Or you can just go to a mechanic and have him help you. Give him some money. He's going to do the job properly. This is a guy that has been doing this all of his life and he knows what he's doing. I'm not against people knowing and uh, gathering knowledge out there. I think that actually that's the best case scenario that you that you have some knowledge so that you can make uh, educated assumptions and you work together with your trainer. But you know, people that they work as trainers and they're qualified trainers, they're gonna. Th- this is a lifetime learning about these things and these guys are very passion passionate about what they do. You know, nobody. Nobody starts something like 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or weight training and sticks with it because of the money, they do it for passion, okay? People go into the stock market for money. Uh, sports, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, people are very passionate about. Just money is just not enough because there isn't enough money in it, uh, especially in the beginning. You're going to have to work for free for a very long time until you're good at it and people are willing to pay you the money that you deserve. Um, I can name a few people here and you can work with them. These people are flexible like most trainers and, and they're very passionate about it. So I can talk about uh, Chris, Christopher Pack, which is our strength and conditioning coach at Frontline. I can talk about Uva, which is our, our blue belt, also a personal trainer. I know he's been doing this for a long time and he, he's good at it. Uh, Tarek, also one of the trainers there, and he's, uh, he's doing the same education uh, that, I, that I have, a uh, bachelor in physical education, and he, he has a, a great, uh, an, an amazing competition record, really tough guy, very knowledgeable in jiu-jitsu. Uh, Thomas Johansson, black belt from Oslo, also has been on the game for a very long time black belt for a long time, competitor, he's a, he's a physiotherapist and personal trainer, knows a lot, very knowledgeable, he, he's written uh, an article, a very, very good, very in-depth article about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so look him up, and you're going to be uh, getting some good tips, and also myself, you know, I have, uh, I've talked a little bit about my credentials here, I'm very passionate about this, and I'm open to, uh, to work with people and, and give you a hand on this. So just leave a comment below if you if you're wondering about anything. I'll do my best to try and uh, try and answer and point you in the right direction. Let's talk about your goal, okay? Because this is gonna be the thing that's gonna drive you and it's gonna shape what kind of training you should be doing. If your focus is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, then everything that you do is gonna have to be guided guided towards that and with that in mind your weight training is going to be a type of weight training that makes you better at brazilian jiu-jitsu a, per, a professional swimmer is going to spend most of their time in the pool not in the weight room so my rule of thumb and i've heard many people talking about this as well is including uh, charles poliquin 80 percent sports training 20 percent weight training so the majority of your training has to be sports specific and then the rest is going to be, uh, it can be weight training, for example. And this 80-20 this is different than the Pareto principle. I'm going to talk about that later, but this is just in quantity. 80% Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, 20% weight training. If your focus is Jiu-Jitsu and you're training three times a week, then you have to ask yourself, is three times a week of Jiu-Jitsu enough to get good? I don't think it is, you know. You're going to have to be very, uh, very efficient in those three sessions a week. I think that... If you're training three jujitsu three times a week and then you you lift in weights two or three times a week, then you should maybe go down on the amount of weight training that you're doing and go up on the amount of Brazilian jujitsu training you're doing. Unless for some valid reason you cannot make weight, uh, you cannot make um, make it to the jujitsu classes. You know, I know people that they travel for work and uh, they're they're in a submarine for two or three weeks at a time or whatever it is, and they don't have access to jujitsu training. So then you can uh, you can do something else, but keep jujitsu on your site. That's your goal. That's what you need to train most often. Again, training fifty percent jujitsu and fifty percent weight training, it's gonna make you mediocre at both. You're gonna be fifty percent good at jujitsu, fifty percent good at weight training. If your goal is to be black belt world champion, be realistic. These guys are just training all the time. There are huge demands if you're trying to go to that level. 
my what it seems to be the case and there isn't like a serious protocol people train a little bit different uh, than each other but at least eight to ten serious bjj training sessions a week plus two or three strength trainings you know so they're, they're training there you know 20 25 30 hours a week of actual training uh, it's hard to combine that and having a full-time job a social life um, anyway you know that being said you can still be really really good at jiu-jitsu without spending so much time on the mat you can still have a family have a job and be really good at jiu-jitsu but you're gonna have to be more efficient um, and you're gonna have to sacrifice a bit there as well Giving 100% doesn't mean killing yourself, going to failure, hurting your back every single time you do uh, some sort of training, jiu-jitsu or weight training. Do things with a purpose, 100% technique, 100% intent. When you hip escaping, mean it, okay? Don't just half-ass the hip escape, even if it's just a warm-up. Do it with an intent. Drill with an intent. Breathe with an intent. Rest with intent. Don't have fast anything, especially if your time is constricted. You don't have a lot of time to train because of work and this and that. Always think about optimal, optimal, optimal. And here I can talk about the Pareto principle. It's in short is basically like 20% of the time that you're doing something, you're going to be super productive. The rest, you're just going to be kind of like half-assed. And so you think of a, of a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training, you know, um, there's a small amount of the training they're gonna give you the most result and the rest of the training is just gonna be you know you're gonna be sitting you're gonna be drinking water you're gonna be tying your belt you're gonna be you know so try to make the most out of the training and try to see the things that work really well for you try to do more of those you know i get a lot out of drilling i get a lot out of uh, sparring um, and i get a lot out of the open mat sessions for example so i try to do those most intensely most often how hard and how intense you should train well here's a rule of thumb train as hard and as intense as possible as long as it doesn't interfere with how much you need to train tomorrow the day after the day after that etc so if you're training really 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 hard today and you cannot train for the next three days because you you hurt your back hurts uh, your fingers are broken or whatever then you're doing it wrong you see people uh, on Instagram, they're really proud of their CrossFit uh, when they're doing kettlebell swings and then their hands are all bl bloody after that, full of calluses and stuff like that, ripped open. That's going too far, you know. Fine, you push yourself past the, the, the point where you can take. Props to you, you train really hard, you're a badass, but now you cannot train for the next week, week and a half, so... Think about the long run. Don't think just about that day or an Instagram picture. Next rule of thumb, don't separate the two trainings. Think about the overall load. So if you're lifting once a week, don't think that that's not going to work. If you only lift in once a week, then you're in trouble. That's not enough stimulus. But if you're training jiu-jitsu four or five times a week and you add a training session, a weight training session to that, then that's the whole load. It's five trainings of jiu-jitsu plus one uh, weightlifting training the whole load is six six uh, trainings a week so i don't think it's optimal to only lift one time a week i'll go with at least two and then maybe do four or five sessions of brazilian jiu-jitsu and that's a good um a good regimen there uh not 
probably not for a professional or somebody trying to be a black belt world champion, but it's it's more than enough for most people. Um, and you have to think about recovery as well. You know, if you um, if you don't recover, then you're not gonna get results. You're depending on recovering. Do not turn every single Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu session into a death match. So you do not have to spar super heavy every single day. The professionals, they will do a lot of sparring, okay, but not every single session is going to be the same. Certain sessions, they're going to be just doing drilling. Certain sessions, they're going to be uh, being more specific. So they're not uh, gladiator sparring every single day, twice a day. One more rule of thumb here, sports specificity. It's a different animal to train weights for sport. You have to think about the movement patterns, the type of muscle contraction, and the muscle groups that you that we use in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and build your training routine around it. To use the example of the swimmer again, those guys, they're not going to be doing biceps curls for days in the weight room, but they will be in the pool very, very often. And when they're in the weight room, they're going to be doing stuff that's relevant for swimming. Back, shoulders, legs. They'll spend most of their time in the pool. But they're still going to be doing, when they're in the weight room, they're doing things guided towards uh, swimming. Legs are huge in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So think about guard. It's just all legs, right? Passing as well. A lot of the times you're standing up. I like passing standing. A lot of people do as well. And you have, it's going to be holding your weight. You're going to have to be pushing forward with your legs. Um... You don't want to stretch your legs too much, right? You want to have a bend on your knees so that your hips are low. Back is huge. Um, you're pulling from the guard. You're pulling to pass. So the back muscles are really working in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You have to push yourself up if, you are, um, if you're trying to pass the guard, right? Uh, abs are huge. Defending the guard, you're constantly pulling your knees up to your chest. Shoulders are huge when you're going to underhook. Uh, all sorts of uh, shoulder work there. Your chest and your triceps are really important. When you're pushing to defend the guard, pushing to hip escape, trying to open somebody's guard. Leg curls are really, uh, you know, your hamstrings are very important when you're playing close guard. Arm bars, triangles, things like that. So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu works your whole body. Some things more than others, but it's it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it is a hell of a sport. Wrestling. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, uh, Gymnastics, those are all very, very uh, all-around sports. You have a lot of things to focus on. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the other side. So now I talked about the specifics of sport, then you have to think of the opposite as well. So that 80, 80%, 20% rule can also be applied uh, on the other side. So Think about somebody that, that plays a sport that's very one-sided. Like, for example, tennis, which you're going to be uh, uh, hitting with one side, right? You're holding the, the racket on one hand and you're hitting. Or a baseball pitcher, they're also going to be throwing the ball with one hand. Or, or uh, a javelin thrower. Those are all very one-sided sports. You can, One could make the case that all you have to do when you train a sport like that is just do that same repetition same movement over and over again. So a baseball pitcher just has to throw the ball over and over and over again. Uh, but that's, in reality, that's that's not true. So you're going to be overworking that pattern. You're going to be overworking those muscles and those, those joints. And that can give you 
huge problems. So if you're repeating the same thing over and over again, you're going to overwork yourself and your body is going to adapt. So you get a little bit crooked. And jujitsu is like that too. Most sports are a little bit more to one side. Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you favor one side as well, even though um, you could play for both sides. And But, you know, it's not as one-sided as, for example, throwing a baseball. But uh, So you can do certain things in the weight room to fix those imbalances. So that's the, the opposite side, you know. For, uh, for baseball, you know, a baseball pitcher, then you're going to be doing uh, the rotation the other way. Uh, or, or throwing the ball with the other side of your body, getting you, you know, just doing the opposite motion so that your body gets a little bit of balance there. Yoga is a good way to fix imbalance. Yoga is, is very uh, unilateral, you can say. It's not one-sided. You try to do things to both sides always. And uh, weight training is probably the best way to fix. And this is like a rehab, prehab kind of thing. Um, to talk a little bit about yoga, it's a great, uh, great kind of training. And it's also a great supplement for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And as opposed to weight training, it is something that you can do uh, very often and every day. Uh, it's not very, very stressful on the body, but it's going to teach you a lot of good things about uh, posture, breathing, balance, things like that. If you if you look up uh, Orlando Cani, which is uh, Hickson Gracie's, um, you can say yoga guru. You know, Hickson also has a lot of good things about uh, breathing and uh, Alvaro Romano, which is a ginástica natural guy. Those are all really cool yoga things guided towards Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Also, uh, Sebastian, the black belt from, uh, from Oslo, has the yoga for BJJ um, program. You can easily find him. Uh, he's very knowledgeable, very good, tough black belt, has a lot of knowledge in, uh, in yoga and in Jiu-Jitsu, so check him out. Let's go further here. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more and then I'm going to stop because this is getting uh, this is getting really long here. I'm going to do a part two where I'm going to go a little bit more in depth into the into the the actual meat and bones of setting up a weight training program. But I really have to go through this and I really have to explain. So let's talk a little bit about anatomy. Okay, the skeletal muscles, which are the muscles that contract to move your body as opposed to cardiac muscles, for example, in your heart that are involuntary. They um, basically you send the signal to the muscle. Your brain sends the signal. Okay, contract the biceps, and then the biceps lifts the arm. Okay, just to use the biceps as an example. Um, the muscles contract. That's how they work. It's obvious for some people. Some people never thought about it, but that's how that's how a muscle makes your body move. It contracts. It makes it, it becomes shorter. There's a starting point of the muscle in the bone. So to give the example of the biceps that's the head of the biceps the biceps has two heads so it starts on the shoulder on the scapula one of the heads goes over the the shoulder joint one of them attaches under and then it goes down your humerus which is the the upper body bone it goes along that all the way down it goes over the shoulder or the the elbow joint and it attaches to the radius which is one of the bones in your lower body okay when your biceps contracts it does three things. It has three functions. It bends the elbow, okay, so brings your hand closer to your shoulder, the, the, the actual biceps curl move. It will rotate your underarm, okay, and it will also bring your arm over your head, so your shoulder, it will bend your shoulder as well. So that's the head that goes over the shoulder. 
and every every muscle is basically like that you know it will start in a bone it'll go over a joint and it attached to a different bone uh, some muscles go over two joints uh, or more than one joint and certain muscles they're not gonna attach to another bone so like in your face you have muscles that start in the bone but attach to for example your eyebrows you know but it's just irrelevant to talk about them right now uh, what I said right now it's obvious for some people but not so much for others but here's what's key for sport a muscle can uh, exert force contract without changing length so if you hold in somebody and you and you contracting your muscles that's static static contraction right and you can also uh, do what it's called eccentric contraction which is for example if you pull yourself up to um, like you're doing pull-ups and you pull yourself all the way up and you slowly lower yourself down like you were you were decelerating the move then your muscles also working there it's contracting but it's not getting shorter it's getting elongated and that's those two types of contraction are huge in, in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there's a lot of holding and there's a lot of uh, deceleration there's also this uh, thing called plyometrics which is you change in direction you know so like in a push-pull, for example, or a pull-push, or decelerating and then accelerating in the wrong, in the other direction, that's plyometric. And you can, do, you can incorporate that in your weight training. Uh, also, a lot of the contraction in sports is explosive. That's huge in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So very, 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 uh, or not very often, you're going to be pulling somebody really slow or pushing somebody really slow most of the time you're exploding so it's a good idea to keep that in mind when training um, weights for brazilian jiu-jitsu the muscle contraction in jiu-jitsu like jiu-jitsu is a mix of everything sometimes you're going to be pushing really fast sometimes you're going to be pulling really fast sometimes you're going to push uh, but not so often push or pull slow uh, sometimes you're going to be holding that's huge in jiu-jitsu static strength and um, sometimes you're going to be changing direction. So you kind of have to train everything when you're doing weight training. Explosion is huge. So uh, when you're trying to sweep somebody, if you try to sweep them really slow, you're going to see that it's going to be uh, kind of hard. Um, but when you explode and you have the right direction, uh, usually um, that's how the moves are going to work, right? So let's talk a little bit about the cycle of a jiu-jitsu fight and the cycle of a tournament. So you're training for for that, for performance. And even for people that don't compete, uh, when we when we train in class, you're kind of simulating a tournament, right? You're gonna uh, you're gonna do rounds uh, of sparring, and then you're gonna have some rest in between rounds, and then you're gonna do many rounds, and uh, then you're done, right? So the pace of a fight is like this: you start standing up. And then from there, you have to establish some kind of control, right? You're going to grip and then you're going to explode either for a takedown or to pull guard or to defend a takedown or defend a guard pull. So start standing up, explode, establish the position. Okay. Let's say that you pull guard, you're trying to establish some kind of guard and then you're going to hold for a little bit, right? And then you're going to explode again to sweep, for example, and then you swept and then you're going to hold again, or maybe you fail to sweep. You have to wait a little bit, try to sweep again. And then you explode and then you hold. You explode and you hold. Explode and hold. So it's like interval training. You get bouts of explosion followed by holding, static strength, and then a little bit of resting in between. Um, 
There is the normal rest, and for example, let's say that you pass the guy's guard. You just explode to pass his guard, came to side control, and then now you hold and in side control. He's trying to get out of side control, you have to hold, establish side control. And then you both kind of stop, right? Take a little breath because you can't explode all the time. And then you go forward to try and get a better position, or he's going to try to explode to get out of the position. So that's the pattern right there. Bouts of explosion, followed by holding and resting. Sometimes you get a little bit more of a break in competition. The referee stops you, tell you to tie your belt. For example, that's a you know 20 seconds that you have to to breathe there, and then you go back and back to exploding, back to uh, back to holding. So that's a good idea to keep that in mind when you're setting up a training program. That's the internal cycle of one fight, and then in a tournament or in class, you have a rest between fights or a rest between rounds, and then you go forward to. Uh, to fight another fight and then you go through the same cycle so it's basically five minutes of fighting with this explode hold explode hold rest explode hold five minutes at most for white belts or 10 minutes for black belts and then you rest for at least five or ten minutes between the fights and then you do it again so it's a good idea to try to replicate that at the gym with uh, interval training uh, circuit training There, there are many ways to do it so I really like uh, agonist and antagonist training. So it's basically you're gonna be, you're gonna do a muscle group and then you do the opposite muscle group right after and then you rest. For example, bench press, do a set of bench press, do a set of rowing and then you rest for a few minutes and then you do that again and repeat it, rest, repeat, rest, repeat. So you work in the, the, the front side of your body, then you work in the back side of your body, totally different muscles, they're doing complete opposite things and then you rest, okay, saves time, is efficient, I really like that type of training, let's talk about the rise do right dose and restitution, probably the two um, most undervalued principles in training, optimal training breaks the body down enough, but not too much, not too little, rest rebuilds it, and you need enough rest to adapt to the stimulus, train hard enough to stimulate the body, not so much to interfere with how much work you have to do later, uh, or tomorrow, or the next week, and uh, repeat, okay, rest and repeat, it doesn't matter if you're deadlifting, running, jumping on one foot, doing jiu-jitsu, swimming, whatever the stimulus is, the body's going to try to adapt to it, to make it easier on your body over time, and it needs uh, enough nutrition, okay, it needs, it needs uh, nutrients, and it needs rest to be able to adapt, the, the physiological changes are many, uh, when you, when you, get the body under stress and you adapt your muscles get stronger faster okay the bone density increases the tendons also uh they they, they get tougher right uh the blood supply you actually get more blood supply to the brain right it, it's uh excuse me to the muscles so you have plenty you have to have more blood going into the muscle and outside of the muscle if you want the muscle to work properly there's also a lot of neuro changes um, you know, um, neural connections, muscle activation, all that, that it's going to increase with proper time, proper training. It's not only about muscles being stronger and bigger. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of other changes that happen. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is extremely neural, extremely technique oriented. So strength is only one component, an important component, but it's only one component. There's also plenty of other things to think about. I've talked about it. Technique, timing, 
um, knowledge of the rules, etc., etc., etc. Think about this. Get an extremely strong guy that's been lifting weights all, his, all of his life, super strong guy, and put him to play table tennis against one of those skinny Chinese people. It doesn't matter how hard he can hit the ball, okay? If he cannot see the ball, he cannot find the ball, he cannot move around the table, it doesn't matter how hard he can hit the ball, basically. Same thing about hockey, right? Hockey is even a better example, in my opinion. Get a really strong guy, really fast guy, and put him to play hockey. If he doesn't know how to skate, if he doesn't know the rules of hockey, if he hasn't played hockey before, it's just going to be useless. So it's an extreme example, but you get the picture. You have to know how to... Uh, you have to know how to play the game and most of your effort has to go through that and then everything else comes on top of it strength for example cardio all those things training for sports is in some way about improving on your weaknesses while not losing what you're already good at so if you're getting really really strong but your technique is going to hell then it's time to rethink about uh, what kind of effect are you getting on your training um Unless you're trying to get really strong, like if you, if you have a dream of being a powerlifter world champion, then, I mean, go train powerlifting most of your time. Maybe do a little bit of jiu-jitsu every now and then, but focus most of your time on powerlifting. But here we are, we're talking about weight training for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so our focus is to get good at jiu-jitsu. Training too heavy or too often is counterproductive. I talked a lot about that, right? So a training that gives you the desired effect works. And a training that doesn't, doesn't work. So that's how you measure if a training is good or not. If it gives you your desired effect. And in our case, is to get uh, good at jiu-jitsu. You're going to progress as fast as you adapt. So if you train really hard you need, and you don't rest and then you go and you train again, you're going to be breaking the body down even further. And you're not going to be seeing a lot of effect from it. Um, you're basically going to get injured or, or, get, or get worse at what you're trying to be better at. That being said, and this is important, training too little is a lot more common than training too much for most people, with some exceptions. And here's the paradox, okay? Uh, when we talk about overtraining, for example, the people that are super worried about overtraining, my experience is that the vast majority of them, they're not even training enough to be worried about that. And on the other side, the people that should be worried about overtraining, the people they're training super hard, uh, they don't even they either think that overtraining is not a real thing or they're like, oh, I'm good or whatever, you know. So it's a paradoxical thing. The people that think um, that the people that worry about overtraining don't train enough to to even have to care about it. The people that would profit uh, of taking a day off, they just ignore the fact that overtraining exists. So yeah, a paradox. Training too little. Uh, is as bad as training too much. So, you know, take it as a grain of salt. But what you trying, what I'm trying to convey here is that the optimal dose, okay? Train and rest and then you get better. And that you do by measuring, trying to keep the constant and uh, controlling if you're coming closer to it. With jiu-jitsu in particular, it's hard to do because you cannot measure as good as you can measure weight training. So weight training, you have kilos, amount of repetition, things like that. With jiu-jitsu, you're going to have to um, compare yourself to training partners. And sometimes they are also getting better. It's a moving target, right? So one of the things, one of the patterns that I've seen is that people that get really, really good at, at this, they, they're going to have one or two training partners that they train with all of the time. 
and they just keep pushing each other to go forward. I can give the example of uh, the Mendes brothers or uh, the Miao brothers, for example, you know, that they're just, they're two guys with the same goal, brothers. Uh, they're pushing each other all the time, trying to outdo each other, and they both get better as a consequence of. They're not going to war all the time. Like they're training hard enough to be able to get better, but not so hard that they hurt each other. I mean, accidents happen, right? It's not so easy to control, but the goal is to be able to keep training and keep training and keep improving. They're mutually profiting from the type of training that they do. They are, um, they're competing in quotes against each other, but they're keeping a healthy relationship on the mat in a way that they're not they're not hurting each other or they're not being overly, overly competitive or overly aggressive. They're trying to get better and they're trying to outdo each other and motivating each other. So in my opinion, that's the way to go. Find a training partner that you really like that has the same goal as you and um, have a healthy relationship with them. Um, I'm going to stop right now. This is getting really long. That was a lot of information. And um, I think it's a good idea to listen to this maybe a couple of times if you thought it was interesting. There's a lot of information that I tried to convey here. Um, but I think everything is in a tight frame, uh, so it should be fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another one of these, talking a little bit more specific about the practical aspects. How do you set up a training program and what kind of, uh, what kind of exercises you should be doing. A few different ways to think about this. And uh, thank you for listening. So for the people that are listening to this right now, just follow Personal Jiu Jitsu on Facebook. Um, and I'm going to be posting more and more of these, uh, you know, it's a podcast format. So you can just listen to it while you're doing something else. You don't have to be in front of a computer um, looking at video or something like that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next episode is coming shortly. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have Christopher Peck here with me discussing a little bit more in depth about uh, his experience and a really good way to train uh, with weights for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, thank you very much. I'll see you next time.